Amen. It's been good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. I want to be very clear that the first sermon and the first service was very, very short. Shorter than I maybe have ever preached. And so if you uh, listen and participate, maybe you will get the same version they did. Because you definitely don't look better than they do. So no, I'm just being serious. But anyway, just teasing. I'm just teasing. Just wanted to let you know how much you're appreciated. Thank you for all the thoughts and prayers You have all showed me a true church family. Thank you for the snacks that came in handy. I love you all. And that is from Jalen Johnson. She is healing and doing better. And so we always want to thank God for his healing hand. And we also want to thank you, church, for being a church that loves people. Uh, Today I want to talk to you about something that all of us struggle with and all of us should be concerned about is being where God wants you. Uh, I think that is a question that a lot of us ask. And if you're not asking that question, what does God want from me? Where does God want me? It is because you're not concerned with what God wants. But if you know Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life, this is a question that you will find yourself asking a lot. Where does God want me to live? Where does God want me to work? Where does God want me to go to school? Where does God want me to go to church? Where does God want me to go on the mission field? And and it's a question that, that should resonate with us. Where does God want me? And as a family, you can ask yourself that question. And what we look at today is King David is still on the run. He is running for his life, but yet God opens up the opportunity for him to serve God in the midst of challenges. And many times what I see from people is, we're just too busy to serve God. Uh, We've been hurt by too many people to serve God. We've gotten too old to serve God. We don't have enough money to serve God. We don't have enough talent to serve God. When, When the situations at home get better, I'll serve God. But what I want you to see this morning is, if you are going to be where God wants you to be, then you have to trust Him when the opportunities arise. And so we're not going to read the, the whole text like we did in the first service. Um, but I want you to pray with me. And we're going to jump right in. Father, I come this morning thankful for the opportunity to sing and to worship. Lord, I thank you for the young ladies who have blessed us in song. Lord, I thank you so much for the privilege of Henley following you in obedience Lord, I just pray that you would be with our time together as you have already this morning in the first service in Sunday school and hopefully as people read their Bibles this morning and their personal devotion, Lord. And I pray now that you'd give me the words to speak. Father, you'd forgive me where I fail you, where I sin. And Lord, that you would do great things for your glory and your glory alone. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're taking notes this morning, and I hope that you will, First thing I want to show you about being where God wants you to be is you have to be seeking God's will for your life. You have to be at a place in your life where you want to hear from God. You want to know what he wants from you. And so if you're here this morning, you say, I don't care what God wants from me. I don't, I'm not worried about it. Then friends, that's a dangerous place to be if you call yourself a Christian. 
But if you're here today and you know that God wants something from you, that God is asking something of you, then you need to be seeking God's will for your life. And so let's look here in verses 1 through 4 as we set up this setting for today. Then they told David, saying, Look, the Philistines are fighting against Kaliath, and they are robbing the threshing floor. Therefore David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go and attack these Philistines? And the Lord said to David, Go and attack the Philistines and save Kaliah. But David's men said to him, Look, we are afraid here in Judah. How much more then if we go to Kaliah against the armies of the Philistines? Then David inquired of the Lord once again. And the Lord answered him and said, Arise, go down to Kaliah, for I will deliver the Philistines into your hand. You see, I want you to show you this this morning, that the first place you should go if you are wanting to find what God has for your life, what God's will is for your marriage, for your work, for your family, is you've got to first go to Him. You say, Jake, I've got some good friends that I like to talk to. I've got some family that I like to talk to. I've got, I've got religious leaders I like to talk to. This morning, if you talk to anyone but God first, you will always be talking to the wrong person. I, uh, I know this is hard to believe, but from time to time I get angry. And when I get angry, I always want to call my wife and just tell her how terrible someone is. Or tell them what they've done to me. And as I'm driving and I'm thinking, I wish people weren't so dumb. She never answers, by the way. I think God has given her that spiritual gift to know that what I would say if she answered on the first call would be sinful. And every time when I'm in that stage, I think, I wish she'd answered the phone. I want to tell her what I really think. Or if I go to, I'll just call the chairman of deacons if she won't listen. Or I'll, I'll call this person. God has to speak to me and say, Jake, not audibly. You probably ought to talk to me first. And in that time, my response is always this. Because I know what God's going to tell me. I know that he is going to begin to convict me of forgiving and bless me of, of convict me of how blessed I am and, and to remind me of that we're all sinners and we're all fall short of the glory of God. And he's going to remind me that nothing is solved in anger. He's going to remind me that nothing is solved in a pity potty party. And so a pity potty, pity party. I don't know what a pity potty is, but anyway. But usually by the time my wife calls me back, she'll be like, what did you need? I'm like, nothing. Nothing at all. You sure? No, I don't. Don't need a thing. Everything's taken care of. But friends, you need to decide today as an individual, as a couple, that when things arise in your life, when God gives you opportunities, when God gives you challenges, that I am going to go to him first. Because that's what we see here in verse 1. David is given this opportunity, but also this challenge. You see, what has happened is Saul has been so consumed with chasing David and killing David that he is no longer defending the nation against the enemies. And so the Philistines have attacked one of the cities in Judah. And instead of Saul responding and Saul defending as the king, word comes to David. And David loves the children of Israel. David loves the nation of Israel. 
David loves the people and he goes to God and says, Lord, should I go to fight for these people? And God says, yes. But something happens if you look there in those verses. David goes to tell his men, his soldiers, saying, we're going to go down to Kaliah and we're going to fight the Philistines. And they say, uh, that don't sound like a very good idea. You see, they were comfortable. You see, they had found a place where they were relatively safe. They found a place where Saul hadn't found them yet. They were at a place where Saul couldn't come and kill David and them. And so they really say, we don't feel safe here, but especially if we're marching to battle. If we're out there in the middle of things and fighting the Philistines on one side, then what if Saul comes on the other? And so from a place of comfort, they say, we'll just stay here. And this is something I think I see very much as a threat to us as Christians and to us as a church especially, is we get comfortable. We get comfortable in the place that we work. We get comfortable in our homes. We get comfortable in our chair at church. And really, as long as God doesn't ask anything more of me, as long as God doesn't ask me to do something I'm not comfortable with, as long as God don't ask me to go somewhere that I don't want to go, then I can be fine. But friends, God will bring things into the lives of other people, opportunities to you to serve Him that will push you from your place of comfort, your place of safety, because what God is wanting to do in your life and through you is much greater than what you think that God can do through you. And so David does what he does, and he tells them, and, and they ask him, but he goes back to God, and then he asks God again, should I go and should we fight the city for the city of Kaliah? And God says, yes. I want to show you this morning that you have to reminded, be reminded, and so do I, that we must not let the opinions of other people keep us from being and going where God has asked us to go. You say, Jake, I, I know that I should be the, the husband God wants me to be, but, but you know what, I've got some buddies at work, they're not the husbands God wants them to be, and they get along just fine. Or maybe you're saying, Jake, I know that God wants me to go on a mission trip, or I, I know that God wants me to get my house in order and be the father and, and the leader of my home that God wants me to be, but Jake, I just, I can't do that right now. Because what will people think of me, and what if they don't listen, and what if it doesn't work out the way I want it to? Same way about church. I'm thankful that God sent me to this church now. But I was not thankful when he did. I can remember when I was a kid, and we left the church that I grew up in. I told my parents, when I get to be 16 years old, I'll get my license and I'll drive back here. But now looking back, I'm so thankful that they were led by the Spirit of God and they did what God told them to do. But friends, you have to be willing, whether it's at work or whether it's at home or whether it's at church or whether it's serving God to allow him to work in your life regardless of what it looks like, regardless of the comfort and regardless of what other people think. Second thing I want to show you this morning is this. Not everyone will celebrate with you. Not everyone will celebrate you when you are doing what God has asked you to do. Not everyone will rejoice when God wins victories in your life. I want you to think about this. Jesus stepped out of heaven, the Bible says. Did not consider it robbery to become like us. Take on flesh. Even though he is the reason that everything was created. 
He is the one who holds all things together. And yet the father said, go and redeem my children. And he came. But you know what? Not everyone was pleased that the Savior of the world came into the world. Someone tried to murder him as an infant. And what happened? Ended up murdering numerous children. But look what it says here in verse, verses 5 through 9. As we really look in here and what is going on. And David and his men went to Kaliah and fought with the Philistines. Struck with a mighty blow and took away their livestock. So David saved the inhabitants of Kaliah. Victory. Amen. Now it happened when Abathar, the son of Ahimelech, fled to David at Kaliah, that he went down with the ephod in his hand. And Saul was told that David had gone to Kaliah. So Saul said, God has delivered him into my hand, for he has shut himself in by entering a town that has gates and bars. Then Saul called all the people together for war to go down to Kaliah to besiege David and his men. When David knew that Saul plotted evil against him, he said to Abathar the priest, bring the ephod here. I want to show you something in this text. Does it not say Saul rejoiced that one of his cities was saved? No. It doesn't say here that Saul rejoiced that there was a Mighty victory in God's gets the credit. Doesn't say that Saul rejoiced that the lives of those people were spared. Even though God won a great victory through David, all Saul could think about was killing David. You see, friends, when sin is corrupting you, and when the sin in your life is unrepentant, Friends, it won't matter the victories that God gives you. It won't matter the blessings that God brings you. All you will be consumed is, is you. And friends, it's the great problem that our country has is no one is thankful for what God has done for us and it's all about us. I could be the same way. God's been so good to me, blessed me and and taken care of me, but I can throw a big fit over what I don't have or what someone else has. Or how someone else treated me. Or what someone else said about us. And what we see here is Saul is so consumed with his hatred for David that all of the other wonderful blessings that God does doesn't matter. And friends, you need to understand something. Whether God blesses you with your children being saved. Whether God blesses you with a a marriage that endures and I want to congratulate Louie and Mary for making it 66 years. If you didn't know that, you congratulate them on the way out. 66 years, that's even older than my parents. And so, but 66 years of marriage. It's a blessing. You say, well, Jake, uh, uh, God blessed me with a, a, a promotion at work and all my coworkers hate me. And, or maybe God's blessed us as a church and other churches don't like it. And, and that's just the way it is. But David still did what God asked him to do even though it might have cost him everything. But I want to show you something here in verse 9. Look how David responds to what has going on. He says, bring the ephod here. What happens is that is how he is going to go to God. Whether you are in the victory that he just won, or whether you are facing the, the defeat and discouragement that is coming against you, your answer is always to go to the Lord. Did you see something here I want to show you as well in this text? I've pastored now this church 10 years last month. 
And I can tell you, it would surprise you the amount of times someone says, Now, Jake, I know the Bible says this, but God has really laid it on my heart to do this. I want you to look up here for just a second. If the Bible says it, and you feel led to do something against it, it is not of God. But I have had people say, Jake, my wife and I can't get along anymore, and, and I, you know, she's not the same woman I married, or he's not got the same full head of hair he had when we got married, and, and I just feel like God wants me to be happy, and so I'm going to go after this person here, and they no longer matter. Or how many times I've heard people living in sin and doing things sinful say, you know what, I just know that it's wrong, but this is what God wants for me. Saul thought he was being blessed by God. Saul even says that God has brought David to me. And Saul was so blinded by his wickedness and by his sinfulness and by his hatred that he could not see that he was not on God's side anymore. And friends, the greatest danger you will face as a Christian is always to try to convince yourself that you are right with God, even if you're not. That's how Satan tries to convince you. Your sin's not near as bad as the preacher's. You're not near as bad as all them other people who have gotten in a sinful mess in their life. You don't need to get right with God today. God understands. You've got plenty of time. As a church, he does the same thing. Right, there's lots of people here today and, and lots of money coming in and people being baptized. That's all that matters. You don't, don't worry about those other things. But yet, friends, you cannot be right with God and go against his word. And Saul was there. Saul had convinced himself that he was honoring God. And so this morning, whether it's you or it's your family or it's your friends, if you are taking advice that sounds good to you but goes against God, it's not of God. And so this morning I want you to see that you've got to seek God's will for your life. Not everyone will celebrate with you. But I want you to think about this before we move on. Before Jesus was crucified, just a short amount of time, he came into town riding on a donkey. And they were what? Worshipping him. Celebrating him. But just a short time later, they were yelling what? Crucify him. Friends, I'm thankful that just because people wanted to crucify Jesus, just because they decided to spit on him and torture him and hang him to a cross, that he knew what the Father wanted was more important what other people thought. Because, friends, he went to the cross and died and did not stop, but yet he died for you and I. Third and final thing this morning that I want to show you about being where God wants you to be is God will be faithful even when people are not. God will be faithful even when people are not. Look what it says here in verse 10. Then David said, O Lord God of Israel, your servant has certainly heard that Saul seeks to come to Kaliah to destroy the city for my sake. Will the men of Kaliah deliver me into his hand? Will Saul come down as your servant has heard, O Lord God of Israel? I pray, tell your servant. And the Lord said, he will come. I want you to stop right there. 
Because David asked two questions and God didn't answer the first one. He asked, will these men, these people that I have just saved, when Saul comes with his mighty army and surrounds the city and blockades the city and the people are starving and hungry and, and, and trying to find a way out, will they fight with me or will they throw me to the wolves? That's the first question. And then he says, is Saul coming? And God doesn't answer the first one. He answers the second one. And this is what I want you to see from this. And this is what I believe. There's two reasons. One, I believe David asked this question because he didn't want to see a city eradicated. Because he loved them like Saul had just done to the high priest. But second of all, I believe God didn't answer the first question is this. Because God does not want you trusting in people and the things of this world when your difficulties come. All he says is, is your trouble is still coming. And I think he says that because most of us, if we were in a walled city and we had all these soldiers to fight with us, if God said, no, they're not going to betray you, we'd say, well, bring it on. I'm not worried at all. But I think God teaches us a lesson here by saying, yes, the trouble is still coming. And regardless if the trouble still comes or not, God is faithful. But that's not how most of us are, are we honest? Well, you know what, I think I can go through this as long as my family goes through it with me and as long as my church is with me and as long as I've got enough money I can face this problem or as long as I've got the best doctors I can face this problem. And there's nothing wrong with those things. But that is why I always tell you, never idolize a person, whether it is a pastor, whether it is a deacon, whether it is a Sunday school teacher, whether it is your spouse, because they will fail you. And if you build all your hope and trust on a person when that day comes, your foundation is shaken. But God tells him, Saul's still coming. But David then asked the question again. He says, then David said, Will the men of Kaliah deliver me and my men into the hand of Saul? And the Lord said, they will deliver you. Can you imagine being David? The king that you served faithfully has betrayed you. Ran you out of town and tried to kill you. The city that you just saved their lives. The Philistines would have robbed them, murdered them, violated them, would have done everything wicked that they could do. And here's the man who has just rescued you. And David says, do you think they'll be a little bit loyal? They'll have a little bit of respect? And God says, they will not. If I'm David, I'm thinking, why do I even do what I do? What is the purpose of serving? Because let's be honest today, all of us have loved someone, tried to help someone, cared for somebody, invested in them, and they didn't pan out the way that we thought it would. God will be faithful even when people are not. Look what it says here in verse 13, because this is, if I'm David, I'm in a pretty low point here. So David and his men, about 600. You see, David went in the last chapter with 400. 
Now he has 600. God is continuing to add soldiers to his midst. Arose and departed from Kaliah and went wherever they could go. Then it was told Saul that David had escaped from Kaliah, so he halted the expedition. But don't miss verse 14. And David stayed in strongholds in the wilderness and remained in the mountains in the wilderness of Ziph. Saul sought him every day. But I want you to read this with me. But God did not deliver him into his... Okay, I thank you for the two people that read with me. I appreciate that. You see, David could have trusted in the walls and the gates and the army. David could have could have trusted in all of these other things. But when there was nothing else to trust in, he trusted in God. And did you see what it said? God did not deliver him into the hand of Saul. You see, friends, you have to get to a point in your life. You have to get to a point in your life when you say, God, I want to know what your will is for my life and for my marriage and for, for everything, God. I need your leadership and direction in my life you have to remind yourself and be reminded that as you go serving God honoring God following God that there will be people that are hoping for your demise hoping for you to fall hoping for you to stumble hoping that your business will go belly up hope that your wife will step away hoping that your their kids will go astray that is just the way it is but you've got to remember that God is faithful even when people are not. You see, I think of this passage of Scripture, and I think David did exactly what God told him to. He did it exactly the way that God told him to. And the only person that was pleased with him was God. And friends, that has to be enough. Today, you can try to please everyone else, and it's not possible. You can try to please your kids by giving them what they want instead of what they need. You can try to please a spouse in a sinful relationship with things that don't honor God. But friends, if you will worry about pleasing God and pleasing Him alone, wherever He sends you, whatever He asks of you, whatever the obstacle in front of you, God will deliver you. You say, Jake, I don't understand how it's possible to live by faith in a world that makes no sense anymore. Obey him. He can take care of it. You say, Jake, I'm worried about raising my children in a world that seems to hate God and hate the things of God. You trust God and trust the results. You say, Jake, I don't know how to run a business in a world where the government hates business and people hate business and everything is, is wrong in the world. You just trust God and do it his way. You see, God has a purpose in all of this that David went through. And if you read the Psalms, it's this. David could write over and over in the Psalms that God was with him. That God was faithful. You see, at the end of your life, you will be tasked with one of two great questions. One, where am I going when I leave this world? And two... You will have to ask yourself, was God faithful? And I believe that he is. And I believe that he will be. But friends, if you're not living your life trusting that God will be faithful, whether it's for salvation, whether it's for your marriage, whether it's for your church, whether it's for your life, 
Friends, you're always going to be putting your faith in people that are faithless. People that will stumble and fall. But today, if you'll put your faith and trust in Him for every decision, every relationship, God will deliver you. And so what that means is this. If you're here today and you say, Jake, I've been baptized. Jake, I give money. Jake, I, I, I attend church. Jake, I've really tried to live the best life that I could. None of that is enough. You have to first know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life. The Bible says there's one way to be saved. You must be born again. You must do it God's way. The Bible tells us that Jesus died upon the cross, was buried, and rose again. And that if you'll call upon his name, you will be saved. You say, Jake, I, made a, I said a prayer when I was a little kid, and, and I took care of that, and now my life is mine. That's not salvation. Salvation is being born again by the Spirit of God and having a relationship with Him. That means the Spirit of God is leading you, guiding you, directing you, and showing you that your life is His. And so this morning, if you don't have that relationship with Him, I want you to know that I believe that God wants to save you this morning and that He will if you'll repent of your sins and call upon His name. Christian, I want to challenge you this morning. doesn't matter if it's just because you've grown cold or comfortable in your relationship with God. Maybe it's because you're outright running from God. Maybe you're here today and you know that you're saved and you've been running for God for years. And today's the day you want to come and rededicate your life to Him. Today could be that day. But maybe you're just like me. And you just get busy with life. You get busy with church. You get busy with things and seeking God's will for your life just isn't really as important as it should be. Today can be that day. Maybe you're here and you're facing overwhelming odds, difficulties. Maybe it's everything seemed to be falling apart around you. God can deliver you as well. And so whatever your need is, whatever the situation is, God is able. God is faithful. The question is today, will you seek him? Will you come to him and say, Lord, here I am, broken, sinful, but God, I know that you can work in my life. Because if you will, he can. Pray with me. Father, we thank you so very, very much for your word. Lord, I know that I've not done it justice. Lord, I've not, I know I've not done it as well as it could be, but Lord, I pray that it has been done in a way that is done in humility and love for you. And so, Father, I pray this morning for that person that's sitting here that doesn't know you. Lord, I can't convict them. Lord, I can't convince them. But right now, Lord, if you're con convicting spirit, Lord, of the conviction of the Spirit of God, Lord, if you would be working on them right now, Lord, I pray they would be willing to respond right now, Father, even before this prayer is even open, to come and give their life to you. Father, I pray for the Christian that's struggling with knowing your will for their life. Lord, the temptation to give up. Father, I pray for the family that's got the prodigal. I pray for the family that's got the situations in their life that are overwhelming, the, the health situations, the marital situations, the whatever it is, God, and today that you'd give them the willingness to come and give it all to you. Father, I pray for our church. 
Lord, that you'd help us not to be comfortable, but to go where you send us, to do what you tell us. And Lord, trust that you will produce great results and be pleased no matter what the world says about us. And so, Father, I ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Today, as you have been listening to this sermon, maybe you have been thinking, the Holy Spirit's been working, that I'd like to know more about Jesus. I'm not sure if I've ever been saved. Please reach out and contact us. We would love to share the gospel with you, pray with you with whatever's going on in your life. Or maybe you are a believer, but yet you've got some spiritual battles that you've just not been able to conquer. We'd love to join you in that battle. So please, reach out to us. We would love and are waiting to hear from you. May God richly bless you in Jesus' name.